It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yep, good morning. Happy Saturday. Let's go. Playoffs start, well, technically start today, though they've kind of been going already. I, I The play-in, I guess, is not the playoff. I I don't know. It's what I do know. No, the play-in's definitely not the playoffs. Sorry, say again? The play-in game is definitely not the playoffs. Well, I don't know. There, There's a few games today that I think will – that are technically in the playoffs that I think shouldn't be. And those play-in games were, were something else. They were fun. They were very fun. I don't, th- I don't see the play-in game going away anytime soon. No, I think it might expand, in fact. I, and my, my uh, wild, wild guess is that in the near future, we're going to see a tournament for the top pick in the, NFL, or the NBA draft, too where you're going to have the the four worst teams in the league battling and whoever wins gets that number one pick. I don't know. That's just Austin Horton conspiracy theory ideas. So, you know, ESPN has the Jazz Memphis series as the least likely to be upset. The the Jazz 10%. are the least likely to be upset by the Grizzlies, you mean? Yeah, it's a 10% chance according to ESPN. Yeah, can we start here for a moment, by the way? I, I, I loved the, watching that game last night. Steph Curry is so good, and Dylan Brooks was so good at making him not be as good as he possibly could be. Uh, and and I, I know that for like the last week, Jazz fans on Twitter and elsewhere have been wanting and wishing for the Grizzlies or the Spurs to somehow end up being their, their number one uh, round matchup. And that happened. And now all I see is weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth that, oh, be careful, the Grizzlies are, are good, the Grizzlies are good, watch out, the Grizzlies are good. What do you want? What do you want? Tell me what you want, like notebook The Grizzlies style. play hard. <laughs> so the what? The Grizzlies play hard. The Jazz are a much better basketball team. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The, the Jazz go 8, 9, 10 deep, and yeah, the Grizzlies go 3 deep. On that so. If the Jazz play their game and play hard, they're not losing that series. They might lose a game. I don't know. If they lose a game, I honestly think that that would be a mistake. How about I was the thing I was thinking about watching that game last night, especially as it went to overtime, is that one of these two teams has to travel on one day's rest and play at altitude in a playoff game in two in forty eight hours. Yeah. Yep. With, because the team has been resting for a week with a crowd like they haven't seen all year. Uh, yeah, thirteen thousand people, right? Which I have a bit of a bone to pick with the NBA. Uh, on that. Uh, it's been whispered about that the Jazz actually received local government permission to have a full house, and the NBA said not so fast. You can only cap it at 13. Well, what about all these other places the Knicks, that are getting 15, 15 and 17? 16? Yeah, the Knicks yeah. are 15,000. Uh, someone what? else yesterday got approved for 17,000. What the heck? We have one you of the lowest rates in the state in the country. Like, I completely. I went to a lot of basketball games this year. I probably went to at least fifteen or twenty of the home games, and at three thousand, I get that. Like they were able to socially distance. Once you get to thirteen, fourteen thousand, you're not socially distancing. Yeah, I don't. It's all. It's all. It's yeah. all the PR spin it's all, on like, it. That's all just numbers. Like, yeah. so I don't. I. I. If if we're allowing the Knicks, and I can't remember who this other team was. Uh, I'll have to Google it, but the 15,000 and 17,000, why can't the Jazz have 18,000, you know? Like, because I mean, you're talking 13,000, so that that's 70%. So three out of every 10 seats are empty, but like the first five rows have to spread out, right? Yeah. It's vaccinated only. So that takes out another thousand people probably. So yep. now you're talking one out of every five seats is empty. So what's the point? Fill it up. Uh, let's see. The Hawks are being allowed seventeen thousand. I saw I saw pictures of the stadium though. It looks like they had T-shirts on every seat. Oh, here at Vivint. Yeah, there there are shirts. So I I don't want to get in trouble for revealing too much. But what you saw I'll do in the it. I saw it on Twitter. There's two shirts on every seat. Oh, there's two shirts on every seat. No, there's one T-shirt. It looks like there's like a mask or something on top of the shirt. Well, it's not a mask, and that's where I that's where I hedge at not wanting to reveal what it is. Uh, there oh. is something cool on one of the, on several of the seats, but 
that's that there there are printed t-shirts and there are plain t-shirts uh the plain t-shirts are draped over or actually stretched over the seat oh that's smart yeah i like that so the whole house looks full uh, you but, know, the one, TV, but the seats but... that are covered up that aren't being used just have a regular t-shirt that's probably attached to it. That's exactly right, yes. So you can't move it. And there's something really cool with it there as well. I don't want to... So you'll t- really have smart. to tune I in tomorrow like to see. Yep. These guys are thinkers. They are. They're, they're ahead of it. And uh, it was fun to see this place bumping again yesterday because that's all, that's all volunteer uh, work done by employees off and on the clock. <laughs> Uh, stretching really? those T-shirts over the seats. Yep, well, that's uh, awesome. They they provide lunch, but uh, and but you gotta kind of, you kind of gotta volunteer to do it. And it's amazing because I volunteered, but they're like, oh, we have too many. We don't need you this time. Which do you was, which do you was get to good. keep a T-shirt? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get a T-shirt <laughs> if you if you get to if you, so do you get it. paid with a single singular T-shirt. Uh, and then for the next six years at all zone remotes, you'll probably be able to pick up one of those T-shirts as well. So. Yeah, because they're going to be a lot less. <laughs> so stay tuned some, for that. Well, Jeff. Some jerseys without logos on them. <laughs> hey, that the, we do have some jerseys without logos on it, but we also have some jerseys with logos and no name or number on it, which I think is really cool because you don't have to worry about Grayson Allen being traded. You can well, just, the uh, last remote we did together, we gave out a Grayson Allen jersey. <laughs> And look what we did to the universe. Now the Jazz will right. host Grayson, Grayson Allen, Allen tomorrow. The Memphis Grizzlies to play the Jazz. Yeah, he yeah. played great in overtime. Hey, don't be tripping, Jeff. Grayson don't Allen. Don't be tripping. <laughs> I like it. I like oh, it. Oh, dad, bad dad joke there. All right, hey, let's. Uh, we will talk some NBA playoffs because I can't contain myself. So we will talk some of that today. But it is a car show, and this is Mark Miller Subaru's car show. Jeff Miller, general uh, manager, owner of Mark Miller Subaru, is with me today. The Do Good, Feel Good event has just about, what, nine days left in it? What are we looking yep. at here? It's just through the, through the end of May, so we've got just over a week left, and it's been a great event. So for those who haven't been listening about it, but the Do Good, Feel Good event, we donate. We do it once every year. This is the 13th year. We didn't do it last year because of COVID, but this is our 13th time doing it, and Essentially, we donate $75 for every car, new or used, sold at either of our stores to one of our seven nonprofit partners. It's amazing. And the and amazingly, even with lower inventories, we're still selling cars. What happens is, this is what's happening. This goes into the car conversation that demand for vehicles right now is through the roof. It is as high as I've seen it in a long time. Supply for vehicles might be as low as I've ever seen it. Huh. So, and that's part of what's driving, driving demand is that people are worried that they're not going to be able to get the car they want a month from them. So there's a lot of people going in and buying cars right now. And it, it would be interesting if, if callers want to call in and talk about different strategies for buying cars right now, it wouldn't be a bad time to have a conversation about that kind of stuff because it is a different world than you would have experienced six months ago in the car buying process. Yeah. And not to mention... Let's say you got your used car appraised a year ago and decided, ah, I'll keep it. Uh, you might want to change your mind now because it's probably worth more today than it was last year. 100%, without question. Just about every car, every model you will find is probably worth more money than it is now than it was worth six months, six to nine months ago. Have you ever seen that in your career, Jeff, where a year <sighs> later with all, all these miles added to it, a used car appreciates in value? You know, the interesting one you're seeing is leases. So people have lease returns right now. The lease return values are through the roof. Yeah. So the people are turning in leases and that. We always talk about the benefit of a lease, right? And the idea when you buy a lease that at the end of the three years, you get to make that profit decision. Yeah. You might have so some equity decision in there. Yeah. The decision is you bring it in, we figure out what it's worth. And if it's worth less than the bank takes the hit, it's worth more, you get the equity. Yeah. Right now it's worth more. Which Just is about across the board. Which is great, wonderful news for everyone but great me. Great news for the consumer. <laughs> the hard part is finding another car. Right. Because we turned in our, our cross check a couple months early last fall, uh, you know, at, because car numbers were dwindling and you guys needed it. And so we thought, oh, yeah, let's get in a couple months early. And we came out about even uh, on the lease. And now I'm like, oh, I bet we would have 
a lot of money to roll over into the next one. So yeah, good you news for everyone. Have a little bit of equity right now for sure. Good news for everyone that is uh, coming up on the end of their lease. Get in there and do it, and you'll get yeah, into a, a bigger we're, car. What we're doing is we're trying to we're selling what we've got, obviously, and we're taking a lot of sold orders and just planning for cars coming in over the next couple months. And that's the other thing you talk about with if your car that you want's not available, work with your lease company. A lot of your leasing companies will extend your leases because of what's going on right now. So essentially, if your lease runs out, say this month or next month, you can ask them to extend it for three or four months. So you can wait for your car to come in or what you want to go into. Yeah, cool. Yep. So get in there and have those conversations uh, and, and yep. get started. Because when do you suspect things will be back to normal on the supply side? So we got an extra allocation dropped on us yesterday, which was nice to see if oh, more cars cool. coming in in June. Um, Subaru is expecting a, a, a decent allocation for Ju- July, definitely not all of it, and hopefully get back by August or September. That's our, that's kind of our hope. Okay. And that's pretty similar, I think, for most manufacturers out there on what, what's out there. It's just it's a moving target with these chip shortages. Is that still the biggest problem right now, the chip shortage? Is that still the number one concern and problem in the industry? Uh, without question. Without question. The chip shortage, which has got on all manufactured goods, but, I mean, with electronics, and cars take so much electronics in them that that's become a huge issue in the car industry. I know there was an article on Automotive News yesterday talking about how the United States and South Korea are starting to partner to try and bump up chip production in South Korea to try and make up for some of these issues. Wow. I, but they're trying it with everyone in the world at this point. Everyone's trying to bump it up, but it's just not that easy. To build a chip plant takes years. Well, let me run this. I, I talked with Roger about this last week. I, I'm interested to get your reaction. There was uh, a, a, a chip manu- one of the three biggest chip manufacturers in the world, Global something. Their CEO did an interview with Bloomberg. And he was talking very candidly and honestly about how the reason why the cell phone world is not being affected by uh, the chip shortage as badly is that they plan years in advance where that they know. So like your iPhone, what are we on now? iPhone 10, iPhone 11? I'm not sure. Oh, I think. But but iPhone, iPhone 15 has already been, it's all ready to go. Uh, and the chips are already bought and stored and ready to make put into the the phone when they decide to make it, and that's the way that the cell phone way uh, world has been going for decades now. What he says uh, the prob- the real problem is, in his opinion, is that the auto industry does not uh, they, they he calls it shelf buying. The auto industry shelf buys their microchips rather than specifically building and designing them for their product. They, they come up with a product, then they go to the chips and say, chip makers and say, we need X number of chips stat. And now they're yeah, out. They do. It's called just in time production. So just their, in their time, idea yeah. is that they want to have the truck of chips show up the day before they get put in the car. Right. And he says that that's got to change. He says that's got to change or this is just going to get worse in the years to come. What are you, what's your it's reaction to, to that? It definitely creates a problem in that. And the other, the other difference between the automotive chips and what you find in cell phones is the sophistication of them. Sophistication of the cell phone chips is well beyond what you're finding in cars. True. And so it's that more specific production isn't going away because they've been planning for over years, whereas the generalized production of the chips that you're finding in the cars, that's the mainstream stuff that you're finding in Xboxes and things like that and televisions that slow down that production. Uh, and then I was blown away to learn that a car can have more than three thousand chips in it. Now that's the the high end. That's the that's not the average. That's the 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 max. Uh, the yeah. the average is somewhere between forty and seventy per car. But a car can have three thousand chips in it these days. That's ridiculous. It's they're getting more and more high tech, and that's what you're worried. The worry is that they're going to start. To kind of get through the rest of this year, you're seeing a lot of manufacturers talking about decontenting vehicles, taking oh, wow. some of the more sophisticated stuff out of the car in order to be able to make them. Wow. Like navigation systems and blind spot detection and things like that. Oh, gall. Safety stuff? Oh, I hope not. I would hope not. And I, Super has not announced anything like that. 
doesn't seem like they would, but you never know, I guess. No. Well, uh, you never know if it takes making the car or not, right? Is the chip, uh, is the most uh, reasons that you need a chip, is that all focused in the infotainment and that sort of thing? Or is this actually uh, car performance as well that's being impacted? No, it's the main boards and everything. I mean, it's the, oh. I mean the cars are run on computers. Hmm. So, I mean, the main brain of the car is the computers <laughs> so, so you can't just rip you can't just say oh we're not going to put in an infotainment center uh we're just going to put an old tape deck in here and the nope. problem will be solved airbags have chips in them yeah god there's there there are things in that car that you can't just not put microchips in the cars yeah so is it a matter of throwing more money at it like uh we saw the the president decide to do i don't explain that to me what does throwing more money at this problem solve it's just not that simple. Yeah, I didn't. It's think not so. like, it's not like making masks, for example. Yeah, right. Because to make, you could convert a car factory into making masks. You could probably do it in a couple of weeks. Yeah, right. Well, they did it for ventilators. Yeah. Yeah, exactly for ventilators. You can do that for making microchips to take clean rooms and specified equipment and all this stuff. It's just not that easy. So they can't just like click on the defense protection act and say let's build a bunch of microchips yep. so i think the government's trying to get in there and figure out what they can do but i think the other part of the chip world is it's a pretty secretive world with a lot of proprietary information and things like that but most of those companies don't want to open their doors and let people know what they're doing well right, it, right. If there's no yeah. transparency in the chain they can't come in and see how we fix the chain exactly so what do you do? <laughs> it's, I, I'm glad I'm not in charge. I'm glad it's not my uh, problem, you know, directly to deal with. But right. I'm not sure those that that are directly uh, in charge of fixing this can do it right now. I don't know. I don't know. You, you say September is your hope to get uh, supply back up. I think that's a realistic outlook on it. Uh, and that sounds a lot better than maybe the worst of fears. But that is months away. That's a whole summer away, Jeff. That The industry is going to have a bad summer, isn't it? It's going to be a tough summer for the industry as a whole. Yeah. There's just not, it, there's no two ways around. I mean, you walk, drive through, just drive by car lots these days and you'll see, generally you see these things bolt like double, triple parking cars and cars everywhere. And it's, you definitely aren't seeing that at car lots right now. So, so if you're going out and buying cars, you got to understand the fact that you might see higher prices. I mean, there are some that I've seen some dealers out there that are have putting the dreaded dealer addendum on cars. And explain so, what is that? The dealer addendum. So a dealer addendum is the price on a window on a new car. We don't, it's against our company policy. We don't ever do it, but what a MSRP stands for manufacturer's suggested retail price. It's not the price of the car. It's what the manufacturer tells the dealer. This is what we think you should charge for it what a dealer has a right to sell the car for whatever they think they can sell it for. So what happens in low inventory times is you start seeing dealers put an additional two grand on it, additional three grand on it, right? So now they're starting to sell cars for over sticker. Hmm. So just keep, just be aware that you might be seeing that and it's not an uncommon thing right now. Is that something uh, that you guys participate in? Is that something that you do at Mark Miller? No, so we put my dad, even before I was involved in the business, had a, he's always had a policy at our stores that we do not sell vehicles, no matter what the scenario is above MSRP. So we will not ever put an addendum on a car. So even when like the S209s came out, yeah. remember that? Right, right, right. Remember what we did on it? We actually did a charity. You had to make a donation. That's right. Right. So instead of instead of doing a markup, which the car justified without question, yeah, we did a five thousand dollar donation to one of our charities. And then you had the right to buy that car. Yeah. Yeah. In the customer. So the customer ain't in their own name. They got their tax deduction. They got everything. Sure. But that made them pay more market value for the car, but do something good about it. So the, the MSRP manufacturers suggested retail price, that builds in the, the profit that a business needs to make on each car as well. Yeah, so there's a, the profit for the dealers built in the MSRP. And then generally in normal times, the in the negotiation world or when we set our prices, we set our prices somewhere between what we paid for the car and MSRP, hmm. depending on the market, 
value of the vehicle at that time. When the market value becomes higher than the MSRP, right? Then some retailers go out and say, I, I can sell this car and someone's still gonna buy it because they need a car for more than MSRP. Well, that's the, uh, that's the big story in the car world right now. That's one of the big stories in the world right now because it is impacting other industries, but especially especially hard for the, the auto industry. The, the good news is that I don't think that we're going to stop driving, buying, and making cars, Jeff. I think that the no, car I mean, is here to the, stay. The, the factories are all back, mostly, mostly all back online, and it's <laughs> just a matter of making what they can based on the, what they're getting from suppliers. I mean, it's the same thing that happened in 2011 with the tsunami in Japan when it shut down airbag production. Yeah. Right. Same thing happened there where they could build the entire rest of the vehicle except for putting an airbag in it. So at that point, we can't sell a car anymore. Yeah. Hey, right. the, the other thing that uh, has people up in arms, Jeff, and this happens every year around this time, once we approach Memorial Day, gas prices start to creep up and then they get to Memorial Day and it's the highest. It'll be all year through the summer and then it comes back down in the fall. But and then we look for people to blame for it. Yes, that's where I was going to go. Well, who, <laughs> whose problem is this? Who did this to us? Because I'm looking at a state by state map of highest gas prices and Utah is in the deep red. It is uh, one of the worst places to buy gas right now is the state of Utah. Um, and I've never, we've, we've, we've been fighting for a long time to try and figure out if we could get someone from a gas, Utah gas company to come on and explain the world of Utah versus everyone else. Yeah. Cause it's such a weird lag compared to most other States. I mean, it's the average price of gas in Utah today is $3 and 35 cents. I think like yep. three thirty five eight. Yep. Where the national average is three Oh three. Yep. 3039, yeah. And there's a place like Virginia that was out of gas two weeks ago is 294 a gallon right now. California is 419. Yeah. And what? So this colonial pipeline, that's where was that based? Is that in Pennsylvania? Where was colonial that? The pipeline was in the south, somewhere in Georgia, South oh, Carolina, okay. I think, somewhere around there. Well, they're still Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. They're all one of the lowest places to buy gas right now. It makes no sense to me at all. That That's here in a lot Utah, of supply and demand. Like The more that you're driving, the more the gas is going to go up. I mean, people are freaking out about it, but it's the same price gas was in the price of gas in Utah in May of 2019. Before so COVID you can't count because COVID dropped by gas prices to nothing. Right. Was three dollars and twenty cents. It's not like it's crazy. Well, that's sixteen cents cheaper a gallon. Right? Than than but we're it, at right now. Yeah. So if you go back, let's go back years. Let's see if we go back ten years. If you go back to 2014, we were 373. Uh, 2013, we were 360. Woo! 2012, wow. we were 380 in May. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right, so it's a yeah. relative term. The reason the gas seems so expensive is because of COVID. It dropped so cheap. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with just like it didn't when Trump was in office. It has nothing to it do does. with who's the president. It really it. does not. It had never, nothing to do with the pipeline. It never has and never will have anything to do with the president. No, That's... it has 100 to do with the economy. Guess what? They dropped production of oil because of what happened in COVID. And guess what's happening now? A lot more people are driving. Yeah. So the supply level's low, the demand is high, prices go up. Yeah, man, remember last summer, a, bar a barrel of oil cost more to make than it did to sell it? Uh, or, or like they were, they were trying to sell barrels of oil for like $40 a barrel. Uh, and that's not good for the world. You need that thing to be higher you need it to be more expensive but not too expensive it's a delicate balance and it happens every summer at least like you said 2016 we were 380 a gallon right yeah. now Ugh, bleh. so That's... it'll be interesting to see if, it, if we hit the peak because generally what happens is it hits the peak about may memorial day so right yeah. about now and then it'll steadily drop throughout the summer That's this one you might not see a steady of a drop because you're also over the next few months are going to start seeing more people driving because COVID restrictions are lifting. 
Yeah, and, and frankly, businesses trying to make back a little coin that they lost out on yeah. uh, during the pandemic. And there's something too. Most gas stations, they're on a set profit percentage. So I think most gas stations, they, they make their 15, 20 cents or whatever it is, and that stays pretty constant. Okay. Right? All right. I don't think there's much of a change there. But yeah. I don't know. I've never owned a gas station. <laughs> would you have? I own a gas say, tank at our midtown store. I was going to say, would, the tank it's a three thousand gallon tank. I was going to say, would you ever consider selling gas at your midtown store? We've actually we've talked about the idea of selling gas to customers while they're in the service. We just haven't figured out how to do it logistically. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit of a monster. Yeah, like it's, there's just there's a lot to that. Yeah about selling gas to a customer while they're in service. What kind of liability is attached to having a 3,000 gallon tank underneath your floor there? It's not under, it's, it's above ground. Okay. Well, is there- It's above ground in our back parking lot. It's surrounded by bollards and I mean, it's well protected. It's a double, you gotta put a concrete pad around it. Like it's well protected. But you know- we have... go through that, and we probably go through that tank once a week. Oh, wow. And so it, it gets filled up a lot. Where do you sign up to have your tank refilled? Uh, that's it's just gas. The same place, same place gas stations sign up. Yeah. Hmm. Right. You just basically they know when it's going low and they come and send out a fuel truck and come fill it up. So the gas station on the we corner. We prices on gas. <laughs> the gas station on the corner and your your tank is the same gas. Um, depending the gas station, but yeah. Yeah. Right, and then. We don't we don't get quite the prices that the gas stations do because we're not that volume, but sure, right, yeah. We don't pay. We definitely aren't paying three thirty five a gallon. Well, I'm sure it's been worth it for you to have that there. Oh yeah, the the biggest savings it is for us is to save our employee time. Yep, having to go and so fill a lot of time car. like because yeah. I mean every time we get a new car and we have to go get filled with gas. Yes. gas. our cars all show up empty. They don't come to you filled with gas, huh? That that seems like it would be a road hazard. For uh, yeah, the car so they, transporter. So the cars on the transport trucks don't have gas in them, <laughs> but they have like maybe a gallon, huh. half a gallon. And so then the idea is right when we get them, we fill them up. And Subaru gives us Subaru gives us a gas allowance to fill them up. So Subaru gives us the money for the gas to go in them. They just don't put it in it. Well, uh, it's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We're here up until noon. It's the Do Good, Feel Good event. Every new and used car sold at either the Midtown or Southtown location now through the end of May, $75 gets donated to one of the Love Promise charity partners. There's seven of them, and you get to choose as the purchaser of the car which of those charities gets Mar uh, yeah. Mark Miller's $75. Awesome. Yes. I would love if we have for listeners to call in who've been in the market the last month or so, who have been in like been shopping for cars and been into dealerships and let me, let us know what their experiences are like. Hmm. It's, it's, I feel like it's a really different world out there right now. And I'd love to hear customer experiences from our listeners. If any of them have been out there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good or bad. We'd probably ask you to not mention the, the name of the place if it's been a horrible experience, but yeah, we'd love to hear your experience and the details of that because uh, I was just talking with someone the other day, Jeff, and this is a, an endorsement for, for you and your company. I have bought six or seven cars in my lifetime since I turned 16 and only twice have I had a good experience. And that was at your place. The other, the other uh, five were nightmares. It was not fun and it should be fun. Uh, it should, should be, be fun. fun right? That's how we look at it. It should be fun. Buying yeah. a car should be fun. Yep. So let us know, 855-340-ZONE. I'd also like to know when you call in, uh, you can call in and ask a question, tell a story, make a comment about anything. We're in open uh, open lines here, open lanes, 855-340-ZONE. But I'm going to ask you how much it cost you to fill up your tank the last time you were at the gas station, just to just to kind of uh, gauge where, because I saw someone post that it cost them $100 today to fill up their tank. I'm sure it's a truck. It has to be a truck at $100. But anyway, have some fun. 855-340-ZONE. Everyone that calls in and uh, participates is entered into the drawing for an oil change at the end of the show, uh, and we'll get going on that. We also have this, uh, this story about the Pope is in the car world. In the car world is coming out right now. It's kind of funny. Uh, the Mazda 6 is in the news, and an electric truck 
was revealed yesterday. We'll talk about that and more. It is Utah Car Sense. We'll be right back. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Austin Horton and Jeff Miller, like you heard, uh, hosting today. Producing for us is Alex Lundberg, set to uh, set for another uh, playoff run with the Utah Jazz as broad, or a producer of the radio broadcast. Your phone calls today at 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. We'd love to hear from you. Everyone that calls in and shares with us is entered into the drawing for an oil change. Jeff, I, uh, did you hear about the construction that's about to begin on 300 West? No. So tens of thousands of cars use 300 West between 9th South and 2100 South every day. And uh, this is from Carter Williams, my good buddy at KSL. As an economic hub almost hidden in plain sight, it's a section of the city that many residents and people who commute That's into the Home Depot-Costco run, right? That's from Home Depot- uh, as far Walmart, as far as that huge stretch right there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's as as far south as Home Depot and as far north as Oh Gall. That would uh, be, uh, I think there's a big O tires right there, uh, about 900 south. Uh, well, anyway, uh, an 87 million dollar project approved by residents in 2018. Uh, it called funding our future. 18 million dollars of it, uh, the bond will go toward a complete overhaul between there. By fall of 2022, the busy section of the roadway will look completely different. They'll have uh, bike lanes, uh, pedestrian lanes. They'll have green space. It's going to be a completely different street. But between now and the fall of 2022, expect to be in a lot of construction and congestion on 300 West. It's going to be cool, though. I mean... So right now it's a two-lane road each way with the center of the turn lane. Yep. And it's still going to be a two-lane road, but now they're going to add bike lanes and a little tree strip. Yes, exactly. It'll be kind of cool. Yeah, it'll, it, will, it will be aesthetically pleasing as well as uh, logistically pleasing, I hope. At least that's like the plan. That. Yeah. Uh, 855-340-ZONE is our phone number, and we've got our first caller of the day. Our friend Jack is back on the show. Good morning, Jack. How are you guys doing? We're great. How are you, sir? Good. I wanted to tell you there's a great car show at uh, the State Fair Park. 1,500 cars. It's a national car show today. And uh, this is their third day or their second day, and then there's one more day tomorrow. Well, very cool. Yep. It's a national. he put on some should see some cars that you don't normally see at a car show. Yeah, it's called the the Good Guys uh, Car Show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Very and, good. And they they specialize in rods, hot rods, and, yep. and customs, oh, really cool. So if you're into that sort of thing, it's the it's the place to be. It's now through yep. tomorrow. So. And then uh, I had a friend buy a car a couple of months ago, and she knew what car she wanted. She wanted to use. Uh, certified to need the make and model and what she wanted to pay and they went to the dealership they live by went in there they had three of the cars that she was looking for in the price range so they went and drove the one she liked and come back and uh, so she went to find her the salesman she was working with so he's selling now so he disappears and then a second Salesman finally begrudgingly said, Okay, I can help you because he's selling. It was like nobody wanted to sell her a car, you know. That is, that's bizarre. That's very weird. Even though she did her uh, homework and was all prepared. And so I don't know if uh, salary is the way to go every time with a car dealership. Hmm. But she bought a car there. I mean, Second salesman helped me. Yeah, Jenna, I've been involved in car dealerships that have sold, like not any of ours, but before I came back home, back in California, I worked at a car dealership that sold cars on salary for the salespeople. That's a horrible idea. (laughs) To sell cars on salary, like 
it does take motivation. Like, so our guys, it's a little different than salary. Our guys, they don't get paid on how much we make on the car. They get paid whether they sell the car or not. So they're still motivated to sell cars. They just, it doesn't matter which car they sell. Huh. Well, that's good. So yeah. uh, she's happy with her car. She was happy with the deal. Just took longer than it should have, you know. Totally. Yeah. And that's, we would consider that very unacceptable for our guys if that happened. So well, it's not and a good experience. from a business model, that's a bad way to do business if it takes so long to sell one car. That's not what. And that's really want. part of what we try and do with one price is the idea to try and make it to sell a car in under an hour. The, if you really know what you want, you're coming ready to buy a car. Let's. There's no reason to be here for three hours. Let's get you in and out of here and on your way. Yep. Jack, Sounds great. thanks for the call and thanks for the heads up on the car show. I've now you've lost me for the rest of the day because I'm just <laughs> looking at all these pictures. Now you're just looking at hot rods. Oh, my gosh. It looks like a really fun time out there. So get out there. Thank you, Jack. Okay. Have a good week. Yeah, man. There's. I'm a hot rod guy. Not that I know much about them, but I know that I like to look at them. And uh, Yeah, it looks really cool. There's a lot of cool ones. 855-340-ZONE if you'd like to be part of the show. Jake or Jake. <laughs> uh, Jeff. That's the J name I'm looking for. Do you know what crime citizen is? Crime citizen. I do not. So it's a, excuse me. Yeah, the crime app citizen, I guess the name of it is just citizen. It was originally called Vigilante was the name of the app. They were forced by. This seems like a really bad idea. Well, it gets worse. (laughs) They were forced (laughs) to change the name from Vigilante to something a little more benign and they chose citizen uh and one of their vehicles has been spotted in downtown la now what is citizen it's a monthly subscription security service so it's kind of like uh, you you pay for uh i guess you've seen like cbi security cars at, at businesses and stuff that monitor and make sure everyone yeah. stays safe it's you're not paying the police to do this, you're paying a private company to protect your property and, and things like that. Well, crime the Crime App Citizen takes it a step further. This is private patrol. So essentially, with you pay the subscription and they'll do anything you want them to do is what it comes down to. They And they, now they've released, uh, pic, well, pictures have been released of their vehicles and it looks just like a police car it's got a siren it's got a spotlight it's got the police like markings the tinted windows the battering ram on the front of the thing it's got all these and the problem with this that's arising is when asked for details of why this car is showing up citizen is denying uh, or, or is refusing to explain what they're doing and why this car is out there and people so they're there just to like show people where there's crimes or are they there to actually like go help well the idea of vigilante which then changed to citizen was that uh this whole underground swelling of defund the police that whole idea this is kind of like you can sign up for a private batman to come fight your battles rather than calling the police it's a horrible horrible idea if you were to ask me because not only are you, you know, paying someone who doesn't have necessarily the authority that a police officer or police uh, officer entity would have to come do these things? But then they get out of these cars and they look just like police cars. The people that get out of the cars look just like police officers. And the only difference between an LAPD uh, officer's uniform and the citizen employee is that one says LAPD and one says LAPS. Law, Los Angeles uh, Police Services, or what What does it stand for? Security, private security. Los Angeles Private Security. So all these people think that this is a police officer, and it's not. Uh, aren't there laws against this? Aren't you not allowed acting, to do this? There has to be a law against acting like a police officer, doesn't there? But I guess they're hiding behind the guise of, oh, it's a security company, not a police yeah, I'm officer. I'm trying to like, read the stuff on the website. Like, it doesn't look like there's anything about... It looks like it's more just like a crowdsourcing for like police incidents or fire incidents, like for people can like go on and like show a video and like film incidents, so you can like see what's going on in your world. Oh, it doesn't really? look like it's anything with someone like actually protecting people. So, so like a like a YouTube channel of 
where you can go. It watch looks like it's just something rest. where you can look. Basically, you have a map of New York City right now and see all the police incidents and like see a live video of wow. a crime scene. That's that's a bit of a safety hazard for the law enforcement. That's what people. it looks like on the website. I don't see anything about like cars going around and protecting people. Yeah, this is the the only car that they 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 did answer. Vice.com has an article about it. They did say yes, that's our vehicle, but it's the only one. There aren't any others in any other cities. And when asked what the vehicle is doing, they wouldn't answer. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, And then along those same lines, there's a security company getting into the car game, but not in that. uh, What I can't even. It's how do you pronounce this? Uh, Kihu. Q-I-H-O-O. Uh, you say it again? Kihu. Q-I-H-O-O. Kihu 360. It's a cybersecurity vendor who's now been hired by Hoson Auto in China to essentially secure the technology installed in Hoson's uh, cars. So they'll mm. be in charge of making sure the tech that you're agreeing to to access your your, to, to have your access to your private information, this company will then be in charge of protecting that from hacking. Uh, and getting it's going to be an interesting world. world. You talk about all the new stuff that we're going to be seeing in cars in the next five, 10 years. They're like any other network, they're susceptible to hacking. So, am I going to get behind the wheel of my car and have to every day, every time I turn on the car, uh, click the, the little McAfee pop up like I have to do on my laptop? Your McAfee has expired. Click here to renew. Am I going to have to you do that buy, with my car? You should buy an Apple. <laughs> no, no, I'm not buying an Apple. Then you don't need any of that stuff. I'm not buying an Apple. Yeah, you don't need any of that stuff because they're just taking it and not telling you. That's what's happening there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so security and cars, it's all building yeah, together. I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing on what happens with that, on whether, because you're talking about connected cars. The logic behind the connected car is the fact that your cars can talk to each other to prevent accidents. Now that's pretty cool. Now that's like the idea is okay. So if two cars are coming towards an intersection and one car can sense the other car is not going to stop, it can stop before that car gets there. That's re- that that is really that's really something, and that would be right? helpful. I mean, that's yeah. pretty cool if they could figure out how to make it work. If it involves every car in the road having that technology. But then you get into the the question that you learn in iRobot where the, the car is deciding, okay, do I run over this pack of children on the left or go through the school bus on the right? And, yep. and then what? It's, That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem with all automated cars. Yep. Hey, did you, cars. did you see the news about the F-150 Lightning? Yes, I have that on my little list here to talk about. Let's talk about it. So 563 horsepower, 300-mile range, 10,000-pound towing capacity, is it too good to be true, this Ford F-150 electric vehicle, truck? 39, 39.9 starting price, too. 39.9 starting, that's the basics of basics, right? I think I saw... Uh, that's a base, base, base car. I guess is the regular one's probably 60. Yeah, and it can go up to like 90,000 for the top platinum. So It makes you really happy that Ford's learned from Tesla. Okay. It's like, let's just take all of our reservations on the cheapest possible car we can make. <laughs> And then when they actually come out and release, they'll all be seventy grand. That's, that's I I would call that bait and switch. Uh, they might call. No, that. I can't even imagine using those words on that. They took forty four thousand five hundred reservations in forty eight hours. Oh my gosh! They wow. only asked for a hundred dollars, though. That's why. Oh, all right. And is it refundable? Like, it would be a different thing if they took a thousand dollars and non refundable. Yeah, they're hundred dollar refundable deposits, so there's no risk. This is why not. There's you, someone has a hundred dollars. Uh, that they won at Kino in Wendover over the weekend. Why not put it down on a reservation here? Yeah. Uh, well, it, there's it satisfies a need or a desire, a demand that is swelling and growing. I don't think that America is going to be real quick to go away from our trucks. We want our trucks. We love our trucks. But trucks are very, very expensive items when you have to fill up at the gas station every two days for $100 a pop. Now you've got the electric vehicle idea or, or a, a solution, but the car is going to be more expensive to buy in the first place. Do you believe, though, my, my hang-up is I have an eyebrow raised at the idea that they're 
estimating 230 and 300 mile range because it's got two battery packs. I don't know. I've got a I've got an eyebrow raised to that going, okay, why do you need two battery packs to get to 300 miles? That's the idea of most of these things. Until you see it on the road, you see what it actually is doing. You got to take any number of manufacturer puts out with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I can't imagine they would release it if it didn't get at least 200. It's the same thing we're talking with the Toyota and Subaru ones coming out next year. We're hoping it gets 200. is kind of the game breaker. What do you think this means for a company like Rivian, who for 16, 17 years has been working on getting an electric truck out to, to the daily consumer? And now here comes the, the truck giant Ford, the number one selling vehicle in this country, the F-Series. Here they come. Is Rivian in trouble here? You'd think so. I mean, it's kind of the thing that everyone was worried about with Tesla for a while, right? That eventually the main manufacturers are going to catch up. And one thing that Tesla's been bad at, I mean, I, Tesla's done a lot of great things and their cars have had some good stuff. They've had a lot of uh, vehicle issues, long-term issues on these cars. But they're not great at making cars. Tesla's really good at designing cars and the Rivians of the world, they can design cars, but it's a whole nother thing trying to make them in bulk. Yeah. And the one thing that the Fords and the GMs and the Stubers and the Toyotas and the Hondas are good at is they're really, really good at making a lot of cars really fast. And, and safely and at, yeah, at high, totally. high marks of, uh, of uh, craftsmanship. Because they've been doing yeah. it for 40 to 100 years. Exactly, yep. The, right? they, and these other companies are trying to hire the people that do it and learn on the fly. And there's a lot of institutional knowledge they just don't have. Yeah. Uh, the, the but other... I don't know what's going to happen with Rivian. I mean, it, it was inevitable that you were going to see the Ford world and GM will have their electric trucks coming out pretty soon. Yes. Super Toyota. The, the interesting thing is going to be battery technology. Is anyone can take the existing battery technology though. It's when they get breakthroughs in battery technology are going to be the game changers in this next world. Yeah, we've talked about that before. So right now, these are all lithium-ion batteries, right, that, that are going into these type of things. What, what, what type of battery do you suspect will be coming out in the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years that will change the game? So what they've been working on for a long time is solid-state batteries. So the idea of a difference between a solid-state battery and a lithium battery is there's no liquid or aqueous part between the nodes, right? So you have two nodes in a battery, there's something that has to transmit the juice. In a regular battery, these lithium ion batteries, it's a liquid. And with a solid state battery, it can be ceramic, it can be glass. I mean, it can be a lot of different things to transmit that stuff. It's not liquid, it's not, won't leak because hmm. there's no liquid in it, right? And also, I mean, the biggest issue you're seeing in the Tesla thing that you see in the news all the time is safety as far as what happens when these batteries catch on fire. Right. Yeah. Right. Where a solid state battery, I don't think I don't think it would catch on fire because it's solid. There's no liquid to catch on fire. What and how quick? How much faster would the charging be, or would it be longer? That's the that's what they're saying, and no one's come out with a solid state battery for a car yet. Yeah. Uh, they're saying though that you, a solid state battery would be able to charge up to eighty percent in fifteen minutes. which would be a game changer in this world. How long does it take now? 40, 50 minutes at the least? On a, on a, on a supercharger to charge to that level is at least 45 minutes, I think, yeah. on, yeah. on a Tesla. Well, and there, there's a professor at the U that's working on this exact idea of not only getting a solid-state battery for cars, but making sure that they'll charge in five to ten minutes, like it would take you to stop and fill up your gas at a gas station. He His plan is to get it to the point where it's just as – uh, it takes just as long to uh, recharge your battery. I don't know, man. I I think before we get to that, I think we're going to see more like a you pull up and get a new battery, like a ready, ready, readily charged, available battery put in your car, and then you're on your way. But I don't know. Tesla tried. I mean, remember Tesla tried that. It, it, but there's no infrastructure for it. Yeah, it's. It used to be you pull up and like, like an oil chaser saying you pulled up, your battery would get pulled off the bottom, another battery would get installed, and you drive off. But you got to have one of those on every other corner, like a yeah, gas station. Totally. Is. <laughs> and, 
And, it, and even the people, I don't think people were very comfortable because there's so many ways you can abuse your battery if you don't charge it right. I don't think people were very comfortable with having someone else's battery get put back in their car. Yeah. The other the thing about this F-150 Lightning that I think will be a bit of a game changer is when it comes to, in fact, I saw Chappie, a lot of people on Twitter know who Chappie is. He was tweeting about this, how it's being advertised that you can use this F-150 Lightning as a power source, like out on a construction site, or if your home was to lose power, you could use this truck to power parts of your home, not just charging your cell phone, but power. I think it's an option on it that you have a generator in the back. Right. And it's got 11 outlets, like power outlets, like it, that mm-hmm. you have in your wall at your house. That, that is pretty cool. That, that's a that good is, idea. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's innovative. That's thinking right there. I like that. Uh, but the one thing that really has me, uh, I don't know, uh, not worried, but uh, questioning is that the I'm skeptical of this number. They say that the F-150 Lightning will reach 60 miles an hour in the more mid four second range, but the fastest one on in the world right now is a Raptor. And it takes 4.9 to get to 60 seconds. Uh, why is a lightning going to be faster than a Raptor? I, I guess, I guess electric vehicles do go faster. It's just an electric they? motor. They can put, they can push the power to the wheels immediately. There's no rev up like a motor. It's so, it's so backwards for my mind. I got to retrain my brain because I think, oh, there's a Cobra engine in that thing. There's a Shelby engine in this truck. Of course, it's going to go faster. But uh, the combustion versus electric, electric is faster. Yeah. That makes sense, then. 855-340-ZONE, if you want to be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. What is your most recent car buying experience like? We've got, uh, I've got a friend that's in the market for, he only buys used, and it's been almost two months that he's been searching for that used vehicle. And I don't know how long, how much longer they can do the one-car family thing uh, because they've got several kids and they, everyone has different schedules. I don't know how long, but he also doesn't want to just dive into a, the, a wrong car just to, for the sake of having a car, Jeff. I think that's a lot of people's problems right now. Um, I think so, too. I and mean, I mean, what I would recommend for that person, if they're living in the one-car world right now and they're able to do it, make it through the summer. If they can get there. If they can get through the summer, make it through the summer. And wait and don't buy a car until September. Not everyone has quite- no, not everyone has that luxury, though, of course, yeah. No, they don't. That's why I said. And actually, right now is actually not a bad time to buy a new car compared to a used car. If you're that buyer who buys that one- or two-year-old used car, because mm. the prices of used cars have gone up to the point where that gap between a new and a used isn't nearly what it used to be, especially if for retailers that aren't charging over sticker. Mm. 855-340-ZONE. Right now, Jack would win the uh, oil change. So if you called 855-340-ZONE, you'd have a one in two shot at winning that oil change. So get in with your questions, your comments, your stories. How has your car buying experience recently been? Uh, what? How much did it cost you to fill up the tank the other day? Let us know, 855-340-ZONE. Coming up in hour two, we got to remind you about the Do Good Feel Good event. We got to talk about this new Pope mobile that's making the rounds. Uh, Mazda is in the news. Uh, there's a lot of Mazda fans out there that might want to hear about this. And a certain car part is exploding in the crime world. We'll tell you what it is and all more next on Utah Car Sense.